0: DMs. Have you ever felt like banishing a player to the astral sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you
1: ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Gnomes, are you tired of people asking you to pose on their front lawns? Then this
0: is the podcast for you where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments.
1: This is Raw
0: and Order. dun dun Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> it's not the day welcome back to Ron order <laughs> run
1: run order joe god we're not the wrestling kind <laughs> that's where that's from sunday 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 oh isn't it
0: yeah <laughs> have you ever watched wrestling um what kind of wrestling like a wwe i've seen it and it's insane
1: what? How many kinds of wrestling are there?
0: There's, well, there's like, there's like college wrestling, which is like a sport where people are actually like doing things. And uh. then there's that, which is basically musical theater minus the music for straight people. Right. Okay. For straight guys. Yeah. Um, Well, for like, you know. So it's, and then there's like MMA, which is not really wrestling. It's more just like. People fighting. beating the fuck out of each other. Have you? Yeah. Seen? Okay. No. You don't have to. I, no. Yeah. If D&D I, was real, it would be really scary. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't watch wrestling. Um, I do watch a lot of musical theater. And actually, okay. So I was thinking this week, mm-hmm. like, is Broadway still closed? Like, are they still I think so. doing yeah. Broadway things? Because I was like, what if Broadway just adopted... on no that would be amazing (laughs) oh my god i would still watch a play a musical theater version of dnd um everyone's just a bard there's like five bards (laughs) uh no i was like what if what if like broadway shows were done over zoom you know just like embracing the pandemic and then i watched uh... hamilton this weekend and i was like oh my god it's so perfect they could be like No one else was in the Zoom where it happened, the Zoom where it happened, the Zoom where it happened. It's perfect. Oh, my God. Who do I write to?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your therapist. (laughs) She already heard the joke. (laughs) Oh, my God. Seriously, though, I will say you are are punnier than I am. And that's saying something because... (laughs) I pun quite often, and so credit where credit is due. And yours are often way cornier, but that makes them funnier. So, I, in gone. another
1: life, I was just like an old white dad, you know? So, I, I just make a bunch of white jokes or dad jokes. Sorry, not white jokes. That's offensive.
0: <laughs> Delete. No, dad. it's not. I'm not deleting that. It's staying in. Also, white, I mean, I, I, that's not even. Everyone I don't even know should, what that is. Right, everyone should make white. Those are just <laughs> dumb people jokes. So I say that as a you white person. You said it, person. not me. I said that as a whitey, whitey McWhiterson. Oh God. All right. Well, we have exciting news, friends. Yes. As you, if you follow us on Twitter, which if you don't, why not? Oh, yeah. you don't have one? Who are you? Me? No, make you're it. not. So get a Twitter. Um I thought you just said naked and I was no. like what what's happening uh we have a winner to our giveaway finally because we have 100 100- wait 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 I have to
1: be exact um as of this moment we have we
0: have 103
1: 103
0: <laughs> I'm so excited so congrats <laughs> to the amazing swami we got um 49 uh, or she, or that that he or she is number forty nine, or they. So congratulations, and yeah. So now we're on giveaway number two. Giveaway number two. That's oh right. yeah. And what are we giving away? The same thing. <laughs> what?
1: Bam, it's bam, a bam. really cool thing, though. In fact, it's many it things. In <gasps> fact. It's a deck of many things. Oh, See, this yeah. is what you're talking about. I'm, I make terrible jokes. We're all here for
0: it. Whatever. They're beautiful and wonderful, <laughs> just like you and me. Oh. I just had a compliment myself in there as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So so now, y'all, we got to get to 200 followers on, mm-hmm. on, on the Twitter. So uh, tell your friends. Tell your doctor, your dentist, your uncle um uh,
1: podiatrist
0: yeah yeah Just... you're a podiatrist um <laughs> like, uh, what's your random profession <laughs> yeah the um the what, what are they what are they called? oh the sanitation workers who who clean clean your garbage mm-hmm. up every day or whatever every um, day ev- every well Where do back you live <laughs> well in new york they used to come pretty much every day so i know iowa right <laughs> 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 um <laughs> uh I have nothing. Yeah. I have nowhere to go from there. Yeah. So, sanitation workers. <laughs> am, <laughs> am I what, right? <laughs> and
1: join us next week. Bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Um, no, but yeah, at Raw and Order d mm-hmm. And that's our handle for Facebook. That's our handle for Insta. And that is where you can email us at Ron well not at Ron Order, but Ron Order dD <laughs> at gmail.com. There you go. Um we would love to hear your questions. We'd yeah. love to hear your comments. We just I know we, we want have listeners. You guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean we have listeners. I can see that people are listening to the podcast. We want to hear from you. Even if it's just to say, hey, you guys fucking suck. Mm-hmm. That would we'd mm-hmm. wanna hear that because you know mm-hmm. that that is important information for it's vital information for our everyday lives okay we got lori beth denberg from all that up in here and she's telling do you not get my reference did you not watch nickelodeon as a kid
1: i, I mean i did but like Sponge. lori
0: beth denberg with vital information for your everyday life from all that
1: no, no. are you fucking I never watched me? all that
0: did you watch <laughs> did you ever watch um uh oh fuck what was it was like gladiators but with kids what was it called uh with the aggro crag like a- what? Do you remember that? No, what? I don't even, you're How just do you? Words at me right now. How do you? <laughs> we're the same age. How do you not know any of this? Nickelodeon
1: okay. was literally just like, isn't that what SpongeBob was on?
0: Yeah, but that was like when you were twelve. <laughs> As I watched to a like... lot of
1: SpongeBob,
2: dude.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I can't I remember the name of the name this show, but there was.
1: It, uh, it'll Again, come to me. Um, I was born in India, like. I didn't even How long start did you live Nickelodeon there? Nickelodeon until I was like ten years old.
0: Oh guts! It was guts. Nickelodeon guts, and well, also I feel like Nickelodeon was like it must. It might have originated in Canada because I remember they used to what? do. Oh no no no! It was with the slime that was a Canadian show because Alanis Morissette was on it when she was young. I remember ah. that. Yeah, I definitely so, remember the slime. See, that I was think a Canadian. They still thing. do
1: that? Isn't that what? don't they do the kids choice award they (laughs) I would love our podcast to win a kids choice award and get slime. I would do I would be there I would do it I would sign that that waiver I don't know that
0: this podcast is okay for kids no no (laughs) Please don't don't do don't, not share this with your don't kids.
1: share this with um, kids. Okay,
0: no, no, but really quick for those of you who are listening, this has nothing to do with D anD. d So just deal with it. There was a show called um, called Guts, and there was this uh, the, the guy who hosted. So it was these kids who would do these physical challenges, and after every like team that competed, the the, the announcer. Would say okay, and now let's go to Mo for the time Mo, and Mo was this um, British woman, I guess, and she would go in first place, Jim. We had the Red Rockets with (laughs) fourteen seconds. In second place, we had, and it was just like it was was always let's go for let's go to Mo for the time Mo, and it was that was like that was like (laughs) what he said, and it was great. Um, I'm so glad
1: you shared that with
0: me. (laughs) I'll I'll find a video of it, and then they had to climb this thing at the end called the Agro Crag, which was fucking amazing it was just so this, this mountain is... in an indoor arena that had things that like blew smoke and dropped fake snow and things like punched you and not fell off and you had to climb to the top and press a buzzer okay we're so getting off time american
1: ninja warrior kids edition yes Nickelodeon edition
0: before okay. american ninja warrior but Even after existed, yeah. american gladiators ah yeah um well all right. Well, we we had a fun uh, D D session. Oh my gosh, we. <laughs> I'm sure it was fun for you, Joe. It was.
2: I, so was, much
1: just, fun. I was just. I was every day like every hour that we pretended had passed in that land was like, was was just terror filled for Do me. Do you want to
0: explain <laughs> what you were doing during that time?
1: Uh, okay, so our group made it to uh, a city of orcs but they're we're not fighting the orcs we're, the orcs are like ally-ish but not quite allies yet mm. but we've paired up with them to defend the city against all of the non-magic users that somehow still have magic okay
0: they don't know they're 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 they have divine magic yes yeah it, this is a war against religion sorry about it
1: um okay but the way that our benevolent dm set this up (laughs) right okay so over the course of a like a pretend day we're gonna be yes we're gonna be having an interaction every two hours
0: yeah so the 12 12 total
1: interactions yeah so you're protecting you're tasked
0: with protecting a cleric who's casting a spell and the casting time of the spell is 24 hours so for 24 hours in two hour chunks every two hours you have you have to do something else. So so far you've had two two combats and you have to defend these four different points mm-hmm. on a map and so this party split up and yeah so yeah. we'll see we'll see if you're able to, you know, defend it off or if you have to all roll new characters.
1: I think this will be the first yeah. I'm I'm preparing mine already. Okay, so this will be the first time that A I think the party has been like totally split apart for battles. Mm -hmm. I think in the past we've just fought them together and never been more than, I don't know, like 10 feet away from each other. Mm -hmm. This will be the first time that B, we fight more than two battles without a long rest in between, Mm -hmm. which, oh God, I'm so nervous. To go from (laughs) like two to 11 or 12 is crazy, Joe. Like we're not going to live. And I'm so sad because I love ESO so much.
0: Don't think I'm going to purposefully set you all up to fail? If the dice aren't in your favor, you might die, but I'm not going to try to kill you much.
1: The dice are never in my favor. Remember? Okay, you guys, I my dexterity modifier in this character is negative one. <laughs> that <laughs> and was I your rolled, own choosing. I rolled a friggin' one for initiative, so my initiative was literally zero. We've all
0: been there. We've all been there. Listen. Yeah, but your charisma is what? 20? 18? Eighteen, yeah. Yeah. So you're a paladin. That's you're fine. You're good.
2: Just, just
0: if the monsters come come near, you, just be like, go away.
1: I'll just start flirting. I'm your... like, hey girl. There
0: you go. See. Or hey guy. Or or hey being. Goes, mm-hmm. Hey you. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> um, hey beholder,
1: it, how you doing?
0: <laughs> hey. Hey big eye. What's up? You looking so pretty. Yeah,
1: I was gonna make you, a joke like doing. he's only got eyes for me. Ew.
0: Well, you get the joke. Like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that happens to be the case, but maybe there's something about beauty with beholders. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> moving right along. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a wonderful guest today, Louis. I'm
2: so excited,
0: Louis, fellow Louis. attorney. <laughs> He's not from New York, but I'm gonna do this voice because you know why not it's not even in new york it's like whatever so um why why wait why why keep people waiting let's just so let's right. get into it okay let's get Louie in
1: here all let's right hey everyone it's justice anna here i am thrilled to tell you about our sponsor for this episode game masters merchant dms are you feeling strapped for ideas for your campaign are you looking for something to help bring the excitement of sessions gone by back to your table? If so, then you're really going to want to pick up The Deck of Many Things by Game Master's Merchant. The Deck of Many Things is beautifully crafted and an extraordinarily powerful set of cards set in the D&D universe that is sure to reinvigorate your players and take your campaign to the next level. The deck is printed on sturdy card stock and features original artwork. The deck is available on Etsy, eBay, and will soon be available on Amazon. But wait, there's more! If you use the code RAW10 on Etsy, you can get 10% off your purchase. Did you hear me just now? 10%. Just use the code RAW10 on Etsy and you get 10% off until March 1st. Get these cards, breathe life into stale campaigns, and enjoy the Game Master's Merchant, gmmerchant.com. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. The honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna and visiting Associate Justice Louie of the Supreme Court of DD. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and keep your damn mask on, for the court is now
0: sitting. Yay! Welcome, Louie!
2: Yay, Louie! Awesome.
0: Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so, Louie. So we first met when I was a law clerk and you were an intern mm-hmm. um, at a at a district court here in town. And then you went on to do criminal prosecu- uh, uh, appeals. And then I eventually did criminal defense. And now you and Anna work together. We do. And we went to law yep. school together. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you in the same class? No, he was a class ahead of mine. One year apart. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're so happy to have you here, fellow D&D nerd as well. Yes! Um. So, uh, Louis, why don't you tell us, like, how did you get into D&D and tabletop games?
2: Well, sure. Yeah. Um. So I've been a nerd my whole life, but I was kind of late to <laughs> D&D. Um, I played for the first time in high school, just a one-shot that was a reverse dungeon. And we were the monsters setting up traps for a party of adventurers. And I was like, I don't really understand the appeal of this. <laughs> Uh, That's
0: amazing. Well, I I mean, I think I would
2: enjoy it now, but I think I was supposed to have a certain familiarity. Um, And then the next time I played was like five years later as a DM that uh, I was hanging out with some friends and they were making D&D characters and they were like, do you want, do you want a DM for us? And I, you know, I wanted to be cool. So I pretended that I knew what was going on. (laughs) Uh, And I, it was really just fake it until you make it. Uh, Humorous descriptions of what happens to the goblins that they hit with various items. Uh,
0: I mean that's that's fifty percent of DMing, right? It's just <laughs> right? making funny shit
2: up. I mean yeah. like as if I have like, any DCs planned out for the skill checks. Like, ah, oh, that no. sounds high enough. Uh, <laughs> 100%. No uh, I, I I'm a better DM than I was uh than I was then. Uh and yeah, I guess I've now I'm playing in uh a Pathfinder campaign with some friends from undergrad. A nice. I'm DMing a fifth edition Ravnica. Acquisitions Incorporated game. Oh. Uh, yeah, which is a lot of layered, like, rules on rules on rules. Uh, they accumulated a, a really astonishing amount of magic items very quickly. Uh <laughs> They're batting way above their challenge rating. It's it's tough to throw things at them that uh, you know won't splatter them across the wall, but also presents a meaningful challenge. Uh, but it's really fun. <laughs> gotta, it's a, it's a good campaign setting. You gotta use setting.
0: those legendary actions. I yeah, mean, it's all about those and layer actions. actions and lair uh, actions.
2: The good news is, with ten guilds on Ravnica, there's no shortage of interesting NPCs and stuff. Uh, although I, I've got some gripes with the guildmasters' guide to Ravnica, but I I won't go into those. Uh, I I I've been watching Critical Role like everybody else. Uh, yeah. I've also got a campaign that's on hiatus right now that I'm excited to get back to because uh my character is MC Scatman, the Tabaxi bard. Uh,
0: I love that. Oh so my much. God.
2: <laughs> it, it stands for Mister Cat Scatman. <laughs> and the uh the Tabaxi are supposed to have like clan names like you know of the Whistling Reeds or of the mm-hmm. uh, and of course his MC Scatman of the bop bop Dibop Diddleboop. <laughs>
0: That's fucking perfect. Amazing. (laughs) Oh my god, I love it. So I'm really excited to play him again. Oh yeah, no, that sounds great. And 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 then okay, that's your D and D nerd half, and then your lawyer half. What kind of law do you practice? I I already gave it away, I guess. Oh yeah,
2: so I I work for the AG's office, uh, the Iowa DOJ. I do exclusively criminal appeals. um, So it's just, uh, it's basically criminal convictions from any of Iowa's 99 counties. They all get appealed to the Iowa Supreme Court and the Iowa Court of Appeals. Uh, and our office responds to the the briefs uh, saying, you know, overturn my conviction or give me a new trial because the search was bad. Bad evidence came in. Uh, there was a ruling that was bad. The evidence, you know, I didn't do it. The evidence didn't prove that I did it. Uh, and we, when they're right, we say so. But in most cases, what we do is. <laughs> Sometimes.
0: <laughs> in most cases, what the we do is. We write other
2: percent <laughs> Right. I mean, it, Iowa lawyers, Iowa judges, everyone is pretty good at their jobs. So. Uh, you know, and it's not like we win all of our cases, but we, we definitely are, uh, trying to make sure justice is done. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I'm basically a professional reply guy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, and you're very good at it too. I can Mm -hmm. say having been on the other side. Um, the right side, <clears throat> but, uh, <laughs> the side where, where if you lose, it's like, meh, I mean, we're supposed to lose, right?
2: <laughs> I will say D&D is a great opportunity to be chaotic good because lawful good can be very constraining.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can. Um, well, uh, Associate Justice Louis, um, we are so happy to have you here today. So we're going to discuss two cases, both of which are cases, um, that you have uh, brought before the court. So let's move right in. So the first case we have is DM versus resurrection spells. So uh, do the spells revivify and raise dead, restore blood to a dead character? And then there's sort of two ancillary questions um, if you cast revivify on a character who is like mortally wounded, for example, they're missing a limb. Do they wake up like screaming in terrible pain and then bleed out instantly? Or does the spell like close the wound? Um, and second, does the way a character dies preclude them from the use of revivify? And I liked your example. Wizard go splat. Mm-hmm. Is, yep. Is, is the example. Shout outs
2: um, to uh, Tom story who plays the most fragile wizard I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay so clearly there's some there's some backstory here so so what what are your views on this question where 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 do you stand
2: uh so my my thought is revivified in order to work has to at least replenish blood it has to at least close wounds uh if you're playing in a campaign i mean it i think it's dm discretion if it closes the wound for a lost limb or if they if they continue to bleed. But I think that the spell doesn't do it. There have to be ways. So okay, as a baseline, it's definitely possible to kill a character in a way that revivify won't help. Right. That mm-hmm. that if they're if their head is destroyed or uh like it, it says specifically that it doesn't replace missing body parts. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. biggest debate I found online, I was looking through i i don't know what counts as precedent but i was looking through uh literally anything various you di- wanted to yeah. right exactly podcast, i was looking so. through various discussion board posts uh and i found the biggest debate that i found was if you find their head and you hold it next to their neck and cast revivify mm-hmm. does that reattach or does because the spell says it doesn't replace missing body parts is it just once you're decapitated you're done and i think i think there's a difference between doesn't replace and doesn't mend doesn't heal um and i think that that actually gives the players a way to like i mean it's and it's still a minute at the outset right so as a dm you can make challenges where like oh no they're I mean th- this is a very morbid challenge to give your players that somebody <laughs> is running away with your party cleric's head. <laughs> or anybody bought the cleric if it's the cleric's head you're already done for.
0: So so word to your DMs if you do kill your player make sure not only do do, you, do you decapitate them but then you take the head and Toss throw it, it in over a volcano. A cliff. Just... Right, do do something right. to get it's it gone. Them. Far away from the <laughs> You you have to
2: annihilate possible. them some way. Yeah. Uh well I mean it you know we've already heard from the uh the campaign of evil characters who are breaking everybody's hands so this is just like a step above (laughs) we had
1: opinions on that right
0: right i
2: i should say i forgot to mention this when i talked about campaigns um but my longest running campaign is uh with some law school friends and uh my my character in that is a level 18 cleric which is the highest level Mm -hmm. character i've ever played this is the one containing that very fragile wizard uh and So this cleric ends up casting a lot of resurrection spells, a lot of (laughs) revives.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Uh, How many times have you brought Tisto back to
2: life? (laughs) It's been... uh, We got to four in a single session once. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot.
0: (laughs) Holy crap. I mean, to be fair, though, like, when you're playing at levels like that, like, I've never DM'd for anything that high of a level. When you're there, like... A for the DM to make a balanced encounter that doesn't result in death and B for players to like do their thing and not get someone killed is really hard so like I I, I see that. I will happening. I will say yeah. Chris
2: Jessen is one of the best DMs that I've ever seen in my entire life and the way that he made uh the wizard go splat was one of the funniest things I've ever seen because we were it the temple was at the bottom of a canyon and the wizard goes like, well, I've got Featherfall. And he just jumps. And then at, he tries to cast Featherfall. And anti-magic runes on the side of the
0: canyon activate. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Wait, was this a, a super early level? No, this is, this is. I think we
2: were 16 when that happened. Oh, my
0: God. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, I
2: mean, you know, you, you think you've got magic and you're untouchable. And then, uh, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's <laughs> then why the DM you... smiles and it's too late.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's such a great idea. I'm gonna steal that. Um Okay, so I I have a lot of thoughts on this and I think that it's funny because I really wanna I have something for your next question that I think you'll find super interesting. But um limiting it just to this question, um, I think before we get to the question of do do revivify and raise dead restore blood, first you have to like take a step back and say when is a is a player considered stabilized? Right. When is a player character considered um, to to be bleeding out, or can can a character bleed out if they still have HP remaining? So, the the language of both of these spells state that the character comes back with one hit point. I think that this unless you have homebrew rules or. Um, or you're using like the uh, the injury mechanics from uh, pages 272 and 73 of the dungeon masters guide that if you have any hit points, then you are considered stabilized unless you have some sort of lingering curse or effect that that um, that doesn't end when you die like if you're poisoned or covered in acid or on literally on fire uh, So I think that with the question of like, maybe jumping a little bit to like, you know, if, if you're miss like if you're missing a limb, like would you bleed out instantly? I think the answer would be no, because if you're at one hit point, then you're stable. You're not going to just lose hit points from, from bleeding. And I think that's sort of like where you have to like depart with reality to make the game like work kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like we talked about on episode four, like when realism gets in the way of like the mechanics and, and how real should it be? Um, I think yeah. a DM could could definitely like institute mechanics like that, and it would be totally fair. But I just think that as a baseline, if you have one hit point, you sh- a player should expect not to lose that hit point in, in a way that you know th- they normally couldn't take damage. So from like bleeding. So with respect to this question specifically, um, I said that. They wouldn't like instantly refill your body with blood, but they would basically bring you back, and your body would therefore start like re- producing it, and it would close, you know, any of the wounds on your veins and and muscles and organs. Uh, uh, so long it was it was attached to your body, sufficient enough to allow you to carry blood. Um,
2: yeah, all the all the parts that you need to live. Yes, and you know maybe carrying two handed weapons might be might be something to think about, you know, later. Uh <laughs> right. It
0: might take you a few minutes to like woo to like get back up. But um yeah, I mean I think I, I would hold that that if a player like specifically bled out, like if they were killed by maybe like a vampire or something and then weren't turned so that they became undead, um, and they were just left there, that if Revivify was used in sufficient time um, that blood would would just start being produced and that would just be part of the process of bringing them back would be that their blood sort of like comes back to them. Anna, what did you think?
1: I had I had the same thoughts as you, Joe, uh, and I, I would agree. I think that if it brings you back to one hit point, it's a really pointless spell if you then immediately bleed out to death. (laughs) So yeah, I think it cauterizes any wounds. I do have thoughts about your, uh, does it count if I like hold the arm in place and then cast it, does that reattach or anything? But I think that goes a little bit into the things that we're gonna talk about later. So so I'll save my thoughts on that for now. But I mean, okay, if eight hours of sleep brings me back to perfectly normal, then I'm gonna go ahead and say that this spell (laughs) doesn't make me bleed out immediately. Uh yeah, it it just wouldn't make sense to 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 read it like that. The I mean the the spell's pretty clear, right? Like you lose an arm, it doesn't come back, but you're stable. Yeah. You have a hit point.
2: It's uh, it's funny that Raise Dead includes so much more text that you'd think would be
0: mm-hmm.
2: integral to the operation of the spell to begin with.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird that it that Revivify omits some things, but I think it does so. Uh, that you're supposed to assume that because it doesn't include a lot of that extra stuff, then it it's not as... It's not as effective of a spell mm-hmm. as Raise Dead could be. But then you have sort of the opposite, which is, okay, you use Raise Dead and then you have this like negative four penalty for four days, um, but you don't right. have that with Revivify. And the way I basically sort of explain that is, well, you have a minute to cast Revivify exactly. and an hour to cast Raise Dead. So because you have to cast it and get to the body so quickly.
1: It doesn't Raise Dead, you can you can bring him back within 10 days, right?
0: Uh, it's an hour. So there's no. That's uh, the
1: casting time.
2: Yeah, it's, it right. says no, provided it's been dead no longer than ten days. Oh, right. oh yeah, yeah can, that's yeah, yeah. that's
1: where I came up with that four from because I'm like, okay, if, if revivify means you have to bring them back within a minute of their death, then they're still per, like. Within a minute of your death, you're not like rigor mortis, but nine days into your death, you kind of are. So it makes sense to me that if they bring them back like nine days after they die, that you have that negative four penalty, which slowly goes away as the blood moves you around again and and you lose your rigor mortis. That made sense to me.
0: Yeah. Oh, and actually, interestingly, I have a a slightly more nuanced answer to the second portion about is the wound like cauterized or healed? I actually said, no, the wound wouldn't necessarily be healed, but unless you had some mechanic for resulting in that dealing additional damage, then the character wouldn't like immediately fall unconscious. So basically like, You would come back with one hit point. You might have a huge gaping wound, but then if a character casts Cure Wounds or something like that on you, that would naturally, you know, um, heal hit points back. Then that might be enough to close a wound, but um, you would still, you would still have. Just for casting Revivify, wouldn't put you in like perfect condition necessarily.
2: Yeah. Well, now here's here's the other thing is that. Uh, when you look, and I don't know if it's too early to start comparing Revivify and Raise Dead, but if you look at Raise Dead, never
1: too early, Louis.
2: It says <laughs> it neutralizes poisons and cures cures any non magical diseases. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't find that in Revivify. Uh, so if you're afflicted by a poison that's causing you to take damage in some way, yeah, uh, then you could have that same situation. Which I like. It's weird because Revivify doesn't. Like, I agree with you that Revivify would be pointless if you would cast it, and then you'd be like, I'm back, but the, the wound that killed me still hurts, and then you just plop over. <laughs> It'd be hilarious, but I, yeah. Right?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think that, you know, you could easily... It seems like the spell kind of intends for that to happen with poisons or diseases. Right. Although so- I, I... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, so I found a a sage advice that sort of addresses this um, from January 6th of 2017. And um, in a tweet by Jeremy Crawford, um, he confirmed that if you're killed by a shadow's strength drain ability, which um, they attack you and then every attack does 1d4, um, it reduces your strength ability score by 1d4. So if you're a wizard that gets hit by this twice or three times, you, you that might bring your strength down to zero, in which case you automatically die.
2: Yeah, you, you go splat if, from the inside.
0: Right. So if, if any of your ability scores reach zero, you die. That's the rule. So in that case, someone asked, well, if you were to cast Revivify, would it work? And Jeremy Crawford basically said, no, your strength would still be zero. So you would also need someone to cast greater restoration or restore your strength ability score in some way in order for that to work. And then how, you get do, into you, how do you
2: time those?
0: Oh, right, exactly. Right. You get into the question, <laughs> well, well, which happens first? And I think I think you'd have to, like, restore the 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 strength score back first, maybe like cast greater restoration. But. Can you cast Greater Restoration on a corpse? Right. I think you get into all these issues
2: simultaneously. Yeah, that's a weird answer. one. It would have to be simultaneous. I mean, I, you know, from the Wizards of the Coast other property, uh, Magic: The Gathering, those would both be like stat- state based effects that you couldn't. There wouldn't really be a way around that. Uh not not that I could think of. But I guess you know we're we're working with magic in a realm of imagination and storytelling here. Right. So I could I could see. Like, we're, you know, we're not players passing priority around. I could see characters being like,
0: on the count of three, and and (laughs) getting their spells
2: ready at the same time. Right.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't, I would never be like that much of a dick as a DM and be like, no, no, no. I'd be like, yeah, you guys are able to do it at the same time. It's fine.
2: (laughs) And if they Um, if they have access to Greater Restoration, a fifth level spell, they're probably on the same level they can cast Raise Dead. You would hope. Right. Maybe they, they didn't bo- prepare it, or maybe they didn't.
0: Or they only have one fifth level spell slot.
2: Yeah. Although you oh. got 10 days for Raise Dead.
0: I, right. I, exactly. I don't know. Yeah.
2: It would be a fringe situation, but I would still be interested to see how that party resolved it. Maybe they have a scroll of greater restoration. There I gave go. that to the Ravnica party when they were uh, walking into a fight with a, a series of creatures that could turn them to stone. They're- <laughs> uh, Just
1: like, you're going to need this. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Very beneficial. Yeah. Here you go. Um, and then, like, to answer the, the, the third um, question, so does the way a character dies preclude Revivify? I think we sort of addressed it, but it goes into uh, the, just the language of the spell, right? It's, it's much more limited than Raise Dead, but um, uh, if you cast Revivify on someone without a head, like, they're not going to come back to life. Uh, so I think it just sort of depends on uh, the situation. If there's no body parts, if no body parts are truly missing, then I don't think it matters how like fucked up you are. You're still going to, you're still going to come back with one HP unless you have some other mechanic in the game that like mm-hmm. functions differently.
2: Right. If, so. or if there's like an environmental hazard, that's, that's constantly, right. right. uh, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of ways. Volcano, yeah. Yeah. It's very for sure. easy for a DM to construct a situation where a vivify doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I think that's good. That's a good bulwark against parties that abuse it. Not to mention the 300 GP cost.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. You better hope that in that fight where you die, you kill the wizard who has counterspell first uh, before Mm -hmm. the counterspell your revivify. Oh, Gold. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, I also love that they included in this uh, within one minute spell, they included can't uh, restore life to a creature that died of old age that you get you get there within a minute. <laughs>
1: Grandma no, <They're, go. laughs> Yeah, they're on the deathbed, right? Like they're right yeah. by there waiting.
2: I mean, I, you know, that that line in all of these rays spells is just a, a a very nice thing to do for DMs who are like, yeah, okay, I know this person's mentioned in a legend from 500 years ago. Uh but I didn't write out how they would interact with you in conversation, so <laughs> it's
0: very generous i love it um all right so uh yeah i think that's that's oh wait i have oh, you guys wait i forgot oh boy oh my god joe, okay joe Mosier, <laughs> the lovely beautiful man that he is um bought me a gavel so i will say this doesn't happen at this point but case closed um (laughs) case of dmv resurrection spells um is closed and uh yeah so so just to summarize we would say that um it, it wouldn't necessarily restore blood but that wouldn't necessarily prevent someone from being brought back to life in and of itself um okay so your second question then um uh DM versus specifically raised dead. So the spell Raise dead states, it, quote, if the creature is lacking body parts or organs integral for its survival, its head, for instance, the spell automatically fails and quote, must you fix such a wound before you cast the spell. So Louis, what are your, what are your thoughts?
2: I mean, I think the way that I interpret it is that you have to put the body back together like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. uh that it can i mean just just like revivify it's gonna involve an inherent amount of sealing and mending that you're you know it's gonna fix whatever killed you and it's gonna restore whatever amount of blood it needs to to you know stabilize you so yeah i think that you would need to find it and put it back i don't think that you would need to sew it back Together, I think the spell does that, but I think you at least need to have have the parts to give the like the restitching magic something to work with. Is the is the way that I interpret it? I mean, it says that it closes all mortal wounds, and you would characterize like you know the the decapitated, but here I found the head, and like you you know that is a wound separating the you know mm-hmm. the. <laughs> And, so, I can see
0: Anna's face, so I want her to respond.
2: Sorry. I mean, I, go ahead. I disagree. <laughs> okay, go for it.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that just like holding it in place or like holding it near the body is going to be insufficient for this spell to work. Uh, what I do think, and this goes into our general discussion later, is that if you're going to try to bring somebody back that doesn't have a head, you need to surgically reattach it and you need to roll high enough on your medicine check to think i i correctly attached this head back to its body so that when i bring it back to life the blood actually properly flows into this head and this person can be raised dead
2: just before we explore that, that before we explore that i want to i want to pause to consider what a critical miss looks like i mean not a <laughs> not an actual critical <laughs> fail but a one i want to think about a one on that check <laughs>
0: See now now your DM could get really creative. Does a one fail to reattach it or does it reattach it like at a severe angle so that the person's head is permanently like tilted? It's like a
2: Farnsworth and Futurama thing where they're like permanently looking upwards.
0: Um, that's hilarious. I, so I'm so glad none of you found this online because th- I found this so hilarious. So Anna, I agree with you. I think the the language of the spell says the creature is lacking a body part integral mm-hmm. for its survival. Not that it's, it's the, the body part is like nowhere to Missing. be found. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not the, the creature itself is lacking it. I would read that to mean it needs to be reattached to the creature. However, um, on january 20th of 2017 jeremy Crawford suggested in a tweet that the mending cantrip could be used in this way in the dm's discretion Ooh, since in 5e wow. corpses are objects not creatures oh wow. okay yeah I'm, I'm i down was for like that. Yeah. i was like are you fucking kidding me and i'm just picturing like the cleric like i have mending <laughs> wait and do do, do 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 and like casting I'm it so like i'm so glad
1: i took this useless cantrip
0: <laughs> well <laughs> Now, now
2: you're now you're going going to see Doctor Cleric with your your arm, you know your arm that's been cut off, and Doctor Cleric looks at it and says, "Well, I can fix it, but there's a catch." And you're like, "Okay, Doctor, go on." <laughs> well, r- as it is now, you're alive, and I can't cast mending,
0: <laughs>
2: so I have to kill you.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you, but I fucking love that. Um, I love. Well, I this, would do it. This. This Let's crazy go. <laughs> cleric who just who kills people reattaches all their limbs and then class race. Right, right so right bring right back. back. The procedure should take under a minute. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you can just be like, yeah, well, I haven't, you know, I, I don't have seventh level spell, so I can't cast regenerate. I'm really sorry.
2: <laughs> exactly. This is this is the poppers regenerate this, right here. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um but a, so I think that's great. I love that. Listen, that's so
1: creative. It oh. is, yeah. If a player yeah, use, was that use creative. Every weapon in your arsenal, you go. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. If a player was that creative, I would totally reward it. I may, like you said, and I might require require a medicine check. Um or if they could convince me that something else would be appropriate. But um and maybe give them advantage if if like they do have a, a an actual doctor who's like helping them, sure, why not? Yeah, but, like a relevant
2: background or at least a book. Like it mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, campaigns are set in all sorts of different time periods and like who knows. The
0: old Grey's
1: Anatomy.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> like you're trying to cast mending, but you're like, but do I have the right balance of the four essential humors? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Um oh man, that's so funny. Uh okay, well here we go again. Case closed. Um so we I think well Louis, does that change your answer or you do you still believe that a non-attached Case unclosed. Wait, case open. Yeah, no, I because I have to decide if I'm
2: gonna if I'm gonna join the majority or write write
0: separately.
1: Right.
2: Um, you seem I like a dissent guy. I mean, I might, I might say, special concurrence that with mending that makes it. Well, hold on. So, which classes get mending? A lot. Is it um, a lot uh, of yeah, them? Yeah, a ton.
0: Wizard. Okay. Wizard, uh, artificer, cleric, and possibly sorcerer.
2: Okay. I mean, I yeah, and I haven't looked at updated lists after Tasha's. Oh, which, oh, oh,
0: wait. Artificer, Bard, Cleric, Druid, Sorcerer, Wizard. So oh, quite a bit. Pretty
2: much everybody you can cast a spell except for Warlocks. And I, it's, paladins and <laughs> paladins. Yeah, and Paladins. Yeah, and Druids. Uh, no, and Druids. Included. Oh, you said Druids. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty good list. I yeah. I could see that being a fair way to to uh, interpret the spell. I mean, it is weird to me that we're dealing with a fifth level spell. uh Although you are right that the text of it says if the creature is lacking body parts or organs. Uh, right.
0: You know, Which, it's. Is it a creature, though? If oh, it's an man. object? <laughs> That's really difficult because
2: we just. The only reason mending works is because. But it has to be. It has to be. Well, yeah. no. See, that would be. the Saying if the creature is lacking would mean what it is after you cast the spell and not before. Mm. Um, there you go. Although I, I mean I guess that doesn't completely resolve it. I don't know. Right. I would say I would say your interpretation makes sense and it does turn this from a uh, get out of Hades free pass <laughs> uh, and and into something that can present more of a challenge for the players, which I think is one of the goals in reading uh, rays spells is to make it to make it not free. Uh, right? Although now we're we're also dealing with a 500 gold price tag, uh, mm-hmm. which...
0: That's nothing. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's actually not that much.
0: I mean, by the time you
1: get
2: right, high the time enough the, to the actually yeah, cast nice. Raise Your Dead, I feel like 500
1: gold should not be that much to you. Yeah,
2: especially because we were charging 300 gold for those level 5 characters who were yeah. making the mad dash to cast Revivify. <laughs> uh, so yeah, okay, I, I think this makes sense. I would add the special concurrence about... Uh, DM discretion, like, I think that you could, you could say, I don't know, I, I would not judge a DM who said that, uh, that the, the, you know. You have all your parts? Yeah, you have all your parts, and it's closing a wound that is separating you from the part that's laying right next to you, uh, on Dr. Cleric's table. Sure. And yeah. well
1: done, Louie, on using that special concurrence for yeah. DM discretion. Because exactly. that's literally
2: the only thing we use special <laughs> concurrences for DM discretion. I mean it's a nice it's a nice way to say uh what you're saying makes sense, but I'm not gonna commit to screwing over a player who, who can't do it.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, so now case closed, we all agree unanimous decision with uh, Associate Justice Louis special concurrence. Um, you uh, you must fix the wounds however DM discretion it's okay if you don't um, lovely okay so those are our cases and I'm so excited to get into this next question because um, uh, uh, this is our discussion topic um, and I'm so interested to hear both of your thoughts on this um, so Louis your question to us was and I rephrase this a little bit but Uh, Does adding requirements to character resurrection such as ability checks enhance the playing experience for players or does it unnecessarily punish them? And as an example, you cited to Matt Mercer's uh, um, approach to requiring skill checks uh, in order to resurrect characters. Uh, And then also you sort of had a corollary. If a DM does add these mechanics, at what point is it fair to let the players know. Is it when they first try to resurrect a character, or should this be discussed, you know, when when either you're setting up the campaign or you if you first introduce these rules? So what was... Yeah, I'm curious to hear, like, your thoughts on this.
2: Well, so, it's... Because I jumped into Critical Role kind of in the middle, and uh, one of the first episodes I watched was one where... Uh, spoilers, if you... I yeah, oh, oh, yeah, think yeah, this yeah. counts as a spoiler. Anna,
0: I don't want... Well... No, it's you're fine. I don't know you how far are
2: it. you in campaign two?
1: Not very far, but you can tell me anyway. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, it's not a, it's not a plot spoiler.
2: Too. Somebody somebody dies when yeah. their party's already at a level when they're casting, like, much bigger spells. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, no. And they react. And I'm like, well, one person of this seven-person two cleric party is down. Like, what, it, what even? <laughs> oh, Why do you care? Okay. I
0: thought you were talking about a different death.
2: Oh no no no! I was talking about yeah no. I, okay. it, this is this is not. This is just combat mechanics related. Yeah. Oh god! No, so don't so get like,
1: attached to any of the characters. Got it.
2: I mean it's Matt Mercer's campaign. Don't get attached to any characters. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh,
0: no, just kidding. You can't help it. Uh, um. Okay. Please, Vax came back seven million times. Let's not even get yeah. into campaign <laughs> one. Um. Okay, but
2: but their reaction the reason i brought this up is cuz the player's reaction was and i know i mean they're obviously voice actors and they're very good at at rping but their reaction was like way out of sync with what i would expect normally playing characters at that high level like yeah somebody died it's you know regular old tuesday uh we're just going to we're just going to revivify them or or if we don't get there in time we'll raise dad it'll be fine uh adding these additional rules uh, which I, I, I'm looking at the Geek and Sundry site, and they're referred to as the Fading Spirit. Uh, like, it it ups the ante for every single character death, because A, it creates a chance that the character just can't come back. Yep. B, mm-hmm. it gives you hoops yep. that you have to jump through. It, like, makes, makes reviving the character a meaningful gameplay experience beyond just cast spell. It's how are multiple people going to contribute to this ritual? And then C every time you do it bumps the difficulty for every subsequent attempt. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, you don't, you don't have, it's the difference between having five Marios and 99.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just imagining your campaign where three times in, (laughs) in one session, you brought Tom back to life or four times, whatever.
2: He was really like, by the end of it, it, he was, I mean, punch the but bill? for death <laughs>
0: did you give him a bill and say that was no. 1200 gold worth of the sir
2: <laughs> no i just it's kind of accepted that well because uh we had a five-year interlude uh where our characters all went their separate ways uh and you know that was when we saved the world for the first time for the for real for the first time at level 12 uh and my cleric was like hey a, a ways back we found a diamond mine I think I'm just gonna go and.
1: Uh... <laughs> I was just about to ask. I was like, "Wait, you just had all those like diamonds?" Yeah. The that's awesome. Well, that's
2: that's where I made my home, and I, you know, it's a it's a uh, taking in refugees from the war and uh, making a nice a nice little village, and everyone can go work in the diamond mine, and uh, you know, some of the diamonds end up in my in my adventuring satchel, and that's that's fine.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> <You> deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I wouldn't go that far. Uh... So, so do you, do you like those rules though? Do you like the, the introduction of, of Matt Mercer's, uh, resurrection rules?
2: I mean, I think I do. It would re- it would really suck to have, to like have them bite you on a moment where, where like, you know, a high level character who otherwise it would be relatively free to resurrect. And then ye- the resurrection check goes awry, uh, and that would kind of suck but at the same time it's like that's kind of the essence of the game right like you give up automatically hitting with every attack for it's cool when you hit it's exciting Mm -hmm. when you roll to hit uh so i i think that that and also i think that one of the one of the things that i have gotten a little or i don't know i feel like i'm not making as many characters as i should be you know (laughs) like it's nice to play it with the same people in the same campaign for a long time, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's been a long time since a character has died. And I feel like it making new characters is, is a fun part of the game. Dealing with character death is a fun part of the game.
0: Okay. That just means you need more campaigns to play it. Clearly Mm -hmm, you're not mm -hmm. in enough.
2: (laughs) I'm in, I'm in so many that my initial, my initial summary, I was like, I know I'm forgetting one. And then (laughs) I, I like had to come back and say it later. Uh, i'm in literally too many campaigns to keep track of right now
0: oh get to me when you're dming four and playing in three <laughs> and and still looking for more then again Jeez. i also have i have no life so <laughs> yeah, i was just I was gonna say to I,
1: like, I don't think anybody beats joe out on yeah, that's how crazy many.
2: <laughs> that's so yeah. many
0: it's a lot um are they
2: are they sharing uh you've probably already discussed this and i, I must have just missed it but are they sharing the same like campaign worlds, campaign settings
0: so two of the two long-term campaigns so the one that anna's in and then the first one i started are in the same world uh in different times apart? well oh okay I'm, now I, that's the, that sounds familiar yeah yeah originally it was like it was like three thousand years now it's 1200 and i'm going to truncate it even more because of, of reasons but um and then Crossover. two of them well, we'll see. And then uh, DMing for 10 players. Okay. Um, and then uh, two of them are mini, little mini campaigns that are not going to be very long. Um, but uh, they're in different worlds. But um, yeah. Okay. Anna, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on this? Because. well I'll
1: I'm so you know. torn, you guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm so torn. Okay. Let's first of it. all. Yeah. All right. First of all, I. Love that he came up with this and that this is a thing because I don't think that bringing people back from the dead should be as easy as just a spell. I, I really don't. I, I don't think like, hey, I have a diamond in my pocket. Cool, let's bring him back. It shouldn't be that easy. I love the fact that he makes it harder and more complicated. And I love the fact that you can use up to three members in your party. Like when I was reading this, right? Like he says you up to three members of the adventuring party can offer to contribute to the ritual, I love that because then you're like getting more people involved and in bringing the guy back. And I think it increases the drama in like a really fun way. But I am so... I don't have the same feelings that Louie does about my characters. I obviously haven't been playing long enough to be bored with any of them. Because when I think about the fact that like someone could have just easily cast Revivify to bring me back. But now instead I die because of bad roles or whatever... My heart breaks at the loss of my characters. I'm like, no, you can't kill them. Yeah,
2: I, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing ever really dies in D&D, right? I mean, your your fated spirit <laughs> character is going to, you know, end up in the Shadowfell, maybe, or uh, the Astral Plane. Well, hopefully or...
0: not the Shadowfell.
2: <laughs> well, you know, not in the same form. Uh, <laughs> uh, You know, no, I, I, I see what you mean. Side note, uh, I was trying to think of the most frivolous third level spell I could to compare a Vivify to uh catnap
0: is there another candidate (laughs) hey listen catnap so Anna and I are playing in an Icewind Dale campaign where it's like you can't always like you're in like frigid temperatures and you have to make con saving throws constantly and like that might actually be a really useful spell in certain that's fair all I I know is I made a
2: character who's basically just cat jokes and I didn't take catnap because I was that (laughs) underwhelmed by
0: it I love it um yeah, you know, I I think there's a lot of philosophies. Ph- that's not a word. There's a lot of philosophies <laughs> about D&D. Like, there's some people, if you're of like the old school, like, I remember watching Stephen Colbert on, on his show talk about, like, because uh, he's a big, he's big into D&D. When he was a kid, they used to, like, it used to be like you you make your character and then you roll for stats and if they suck you send the character out to the farm is what they call it and <laughs> then you, you just you just create an entirely new character. I'm like I could never do that. My characters are so well thought out and planned. Mm-hmm. I could not just dispense with one so easily. Um, and I yeah, think- well,
2: and and reading the old campaign materials too, right? Like in the Tomb of Annihilation, you've got the you know there's just a the thing like if you walk into it or touch it, you just die. Like mm-hmm. that. Your initial investigation of it is like well. That character's gone. Like, exactly. I wrote a backstory for this guy. It's mm-hmm. just two different, generationally different ways of thinking about your characters.
0: Yeah, and I think that a lot of us, I mean, granted, you know, a lot of people got into D&D, especially more recently from watching things like Critical Role, but there's there's something to be said for that really drawn-out campaign where, where your attachment to these characters mm-hmm. um, really sort of grows. And I would want to encourage that um, as a DM, but that being said i do think that you know like as a dm i am i'm not as likely to use or or to remember to like have my monsters decapitate my players um that's just not in the forefront of my mind so it makes spells like revivify really effective for them um and i i just felt like yeah same thing the anna that you said it just feels like there should be something more to, to bringing a up character back to life. Yeah. yeah. So at, I, after learning about Matt Mercer's uh, resurrection rules, I actually came up with some for my own and I Ooh. have instituted those into my campaign. So it's very similar to Matt's, but basically, so in my homebrew world, when when a, when a soul dies, it, it, it immediately goes to, it doesn't just go to the astral plane, generally speaking. It goes to this place called the Etherwind, which is, it's specifically this transitory place for lost souls. So, in addition to casting, um, uh, you know, your chosen revival spell, um, the caster must succeed on a DC that I set. Um, and based on how much you like the character, 100%. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> totally subjective. Um, and so, all uh, of
1: my characters are like a DC two or something. Yeah, of right. course. Like, like DC negative four. It. It's great. <laughs>
0: Um, so up to three p- PCs can assist however they choose by 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 doing um, different things that would require skill checks. Um, and depending on how they choose to help and how meaningful or impactful or Im- just even important to the story it is, um, that will determine the DC that I set for it. Um, on a fail, the character's soul remains in the Etherwind and similar to Matt's that can't be revived by that same spell or any spell of the same or lower level um, because the theory being that you know when a soul is trapped in the ether when the longer it's there the harder it is to bring back Uh, on a success however the character is revived and the dc for the revival increases for every subsequent um, death Um, and then i also give my player the option if the caster doesn't want to be the one to roll the final dice. I'll do it for them. Or another player can do it. So they don't feel like they're the one who's like determined the fate. Right. <laughs> um, so very similar to Matt's um, rules. Uh, and to going off on like this, or did you want to,
2: I just want to ask, have you had a
0: character uh, miss that DC? I haven't had yet had a character die. And the reason is because i'm kind of a softie and when it comes i said this on a previous episode when it comes to levels 1 through 5 i really don't like to throw anything at my players that let that make them die because i really feel like at those early stages it's so easy to kill your to your players and you're really only getting to know your characters at that point so i don't want a character to put all this effort into creating an interesting character and role playing them only to have that character just die so i'm kind of joe joe wants us to play that character for like three
1: years and then kill it and then i weep well we'll see
0: it's a
2: a character death that isn't narratively satisfying is i you want it to be at a climactic moment when it matters you want Mm -hmm. their you want their death to to like mean something in the story of the campaign and not just be like the bandits that i rolled on this random encounter table you know killed your character who who was literally on a, uh, you know, uh, a sacred quest, right? Right. Who's going to, who's going to complete the sacred quest now? Mm -hmm. Your identical twin brother of a class that you wanted to play more? (laughs) Maybe.
0: Right. And yeah, I don't know. Like I always felt very, like I feel like right now, if one of my characters in one of my campaigns that I've been playing for a long time were to die, I would be okay with saying, okay, that, that's that I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to be fine with it. And I'll roll a new character. And not like I don't have a billion already planned, but if, if in just, I, I talked about this before too. I was doing dungeon of the mad mage. My character died in the first session dead. 100%. Um, And I was pissed. I was like, I want to play. I was playing a life cleric for the first time. I was like, I want to play a cleric. Leave me alone. I want to do all the healing. So I, I was like threatening to roll the exact (laughs) duplicate um, with like, name changed by one letter just because I wanted to play this character and uh I don't know I just I just feel like there's something to be said for for giving your players that chance so mm-hmm. um and also I tend to play with a lot of new players and when you're in those early levels you're really just starting to understand the true mechanics of the game the mechanics and all exactly right um
2: although I although I mean death is one of those mechanics and <laughs> this uh, is true yeah yeah it, every I mean I don't know if Everyone else remembers the first time that they saw a player character actually permanently die. But it is one of those moments where you're like, oh, I better, you know, you play a little bit safer after that. Mm-hmm. You, you, uh, you know, you get your perception checks. You, uh, you don't maybe rush into combat as much. Mm-hmm. Definitely with your level one cleric, you don't, uh, approach and try to negotiate with the bandits who have stopped your caravan. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's I think Rest that's completely <laughs> fair.
0: Um, and then, so with respect to your other question, though, you know, when is the appropriate time to introduce this? Um, just generally speaking, like I never hide like essential game mechanics from my players. They always mm-hmm. know what my expectations are because I don't want them to to have to encounter something like this and then be like, "What? You never told me this. Now I have to roll, and it's like a whole thing. It's like I don't, drama." save it i don't care right so yeah, yeah i just I, like they may they they're not going to know the dcs i have they're not going to know some of you know the the exact inner workings of what's going to happen but they're going to know the basic mechanics and generally what they'll have to do which as a player i appreciate i'm, I'm so, like
1: I, i'm not it's not going to deter me from joining the campaign because you have some uh some alternate resurrection rule but I even even when you like early explained it and I was like I don't even know how resurrection works like I I don't know what this is because I'd been playing for like five days or something but I I appreciated the fact that there was like an explanation that I could go back to and be like okay at least he told us this is what it's going to look like when one of us dies.
2: So that was a that was a uh, pre character creation conversation.
0: Well so it, it was I came up with these rules. After the campaign started, but I mm-hmm. it wasn't when a player died. I just said, hey, everyone, I'm just letting you all know I want to adopt these rules. If anyone has a problem, let me know and we can talk about it. But if, if I don't hear from any of you, consider these to be like the rules moving forward. And no one complained. And um, yeah, I that's
2: think- considerate. You know, I was never consulted about the rules for death in real life. So I think that that is really just a, a step above. You're like you're really going the extra mile as God in this particular universe. Yeah, I
1: was like, wait, when he says real life, he means like real life.
2: Yeah, nobody asked me if this is how I wanted it to work. None of my spells are working.
0: Well, listen, that's why I'm so benevolent and wonderful mm-hmm. as a DM. So. I I
2: tend to think that this is fair to institute at any point before someone, before they start picking spells that can revive. Because if they right. if they walk into a combat with spells picked and they either they have chosen these spells or they could have I think it's a little too late to change the rules if they're level 4 characters and they've never even had the chance to think about casting these spells I think it that might be the the time when I would say like hey you know for when you level to 5 just so you know resurrection works a little different in this campaign like, your characters would have this knowledge because they've lived in this universe and they have heard people talk about, you know, and, and your wizard at the at the guild and your cleric at the temple would have heard, this is kind of how it works, uh, you know. And then, I, you know, have the, if people have problems with that, they could, they would, you know, could voice them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like after that point, it's late. Definitely once a character is dead, it's too late to change the rules, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because the actions that led up to their death were probably taken with a certain reliance on the rules by which resurrections would would happen
0: right yeah yeah i don't know death character death is just one of those things that it's hard and now that now that i have players who are level 5 and above who are really powerful and maybe i made them too powerful by giving them all <laughs> these special abilities and things um uh, I, i'll louis i'll send you one of the homebrew example of a homebrew item i give all of my characters these really powerful items in place of like a slew of magic items magic items will be somewhat more rare and instead they get this one item that levels with them um oh nice uh, yeah similar to the uh i think there were the vestiges in campaign one of critical role um that like achieved different states and became more powerful um but that is uh, pretty cool yeah but they're i maybe i made them too powerful Maybe we'll see. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, it would suck to die. It it does suck to die as a player. I've had it happen. And as a DM, like, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We were just talking earlier. We have this (laughs) marathon of potentially 10 to 12 combats that Anna's group is going to have to play through Mm -hmm. without a long rest um, in order to save a village. And um, someone might die. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But
2: yeah, that's a uh, that's a lot of fights. That's yeah. a lot of fights for any group. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, well, good luck. I hope you. I hope you don't have to. You know, uh, experience these rules firsthand. At least, at least, <laughs> I hope you're helping with the ability checks. Uh, my Ravnica Acquisitions Incorporated campaign just finished a big, big adventure. Uh, one of the Golgari art concepts was a, a hanging castle. There is a single paragraph about this in the Guildmaster's guide it's like oh yeah the golgari have a castle that hangs down it's upside down it's hanging down from a cavern and i was like well what if that's underneath the boros fortress and the golgari have a secret plan to use is it technology to like flip the plate uh and then crash it down and so they had to infiltrate this upside down castle which uh making maps for that was very weird <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was like, what does this even look like? <laughs> How do you get up the stairs? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that was a big adventure. Uh, they had a, a uh, fortune teller, soothsayer type person uh, tell them that it wasn't guaranteed that they would all live. Uh, I it, didn't have the stomach to actually kill any of them this oh, time.
1: No.
2: I definitely, you know, if I had if Next I had, had time. just Next time, one yeah. or two more egg sacks pop open... Copies of the monster that they were facing in the Great Hall. I think it, it would have happened, but uh, yeah, oh. you know, we'll see, we'll see. Definitely, <laughs> Ravnica has its share of ghosts. So even if you miss the the even if you miss the resurrection, you uh, know. you know, you can still, you know, work for the bank. There's plenty of
0: opportunities. Join the Ghost Council. <laughs> That's what I would want to do in the afterlife. Just no, oh, I'm a I'm a, ta- I'm a bank teller now. I'm a teller. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, you, you know those
2: faceless apparitions that are walking around and carrying gold coins from place to place?
0: That's me. That's me. That's yeah. <laughs> well, how do you think unseen servant works? You think it just comes out of nowhere? No, it's a ghost. It was ghost the whole time. That's it's a real guy who has to
2: like, clock in for his yeah. shift being your unseen servant. <laughs> they just disappear Every out of the break room. Ever.
0: <laughs> Every mage <laughs> hand ever. Every mage. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, well, Associate Justice Louis, this has been. Utterly lovely, yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for coming. By. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks um, for having me We'll have to join us again, um, and uh, yeah, you think you just need some more campaigns, dude? Suck it up. You can do it. Yep.
2: Yeah, you know, maybe maybe when I'm, you know, running eight and playing in nine, I'll come back here and and stunt on you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but ooh, what?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, please come back before that, but also then.
2: Yeah. yeah uh yeah this is a lot of fun i'm glad i i and listening to this is is definitely a high point of my week i'm like
0: actually looking forward to mondays now so yay yeah (laughs) well um thank you louie again and thank you listeners and hey we got to get up to 200 twitter followers so share it with everyone you know um all right well until then court is adjourned i remember this time (laughs) (laughs) so proud bye Gnomes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Gnomes I not <laughs> <I
0: can't. laughs> This is going at the end. This is this is going at the end. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Oh. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm not even gonna look at you.